0: Decided to kill my ego and never done me no good no hell. Gonna break through and blast off to far done in them flyers fly life, far away from here and
1: now. Hello and welcome to season two of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman, and if you haven't already, go check out my new website. You can view the latest episode, fan favorites, and even submit a question to future guests. You can visit the website at letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. You can also find the link in the show notes. Now, the song you just heard is Just Let Go by Sturgill Simpson, and it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Tyler Wieda. So March is National Athletic Training Month, and Tyler Wieda is the athletic trainer for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. He's a very vital piece to the staff. Tyler was also a stud wrestler in his own right. He was a four-time state qualifier for Bell High School and finished seventh as a senior. He briefly competed at Coe College before switching gears and becoming an athletic trainer. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Tyler Wieda. It's, um... Athletic training month. Athletic trainer month. Last day of the month, yeah. Did they get you anything? What's up?
0: Did they get you anything? Uh, no. No, I mean, I've already received more than I typically get uh, with a couple shout-outs that I've gotten. And um, other than that, university-wise, no. Mm -hmm. No, The team didn't get you anything? No, (laughs) no. They, they, uh... They're probably ready to be away from me for a little bit right now. <laughs> yeah, but no, I'm just it's just uh, it's a good it's a good time of year just because we're finishing up our season, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's always a good reminder because they put a shout out to all the athletic trainers at the NCAA tournament every year. So whenever I hear that, it's it's always a good reminder of where we came from mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year until now, and in it uh, and it kind of makes you go through a quick journey of the past year, and then when you finish up year twelve, it takes you through a quick journey of everywhere you've you've been so far, and it just makes you feel grateful. Year twelve, year twelve, it's insane. Yeah, it's insane that uh, twenty eleven doesn't seem too far away. It doesn't seem like I'm <laughs> getting closer to fifteen years out of college already, but.
1: How'd you end up here in Nebraska? Because you're
0: the athlete. Yeah, yeah, so uh, that's a good question. How, how I even ended up in athletic training in the first place is, yeah, that is, too. is wild because growing up in Belt Plain, some very small school in Iowa, didn't even know what an athletic trainer was, right? You probably didn't have them. Didn't have them. Didn't have them, never saw them. Thinking back on it now at the state tournament, I suppose I probably would have had a couple run-ins just in passing but had no idea who they were I'd never really got hurt at the state tournament so I didn't really think much of it mm-hmm. um, and, and when I s- decided to go wrestle at Co for college I just went there to wrestle and I'd, I was like well I, I just want to do something that involves athletics whether it be at the high school level college level but I had no idea what that avenue was going to be mm-hmm. and uh it was the the fall of my for my freshman year. I was just happened to be in the in the athletics buildings, and there was a little sign for an athletic training like meeting about what athletic training is, and trying to basically as a recruiting tool to mm-hmm. get people to sign up for the program. And I was like, oh must have something to do with athletics, right? So uh, I went and sat in the meeting, and I was like, well, I don't have anything else to do as far as declaring for a major, so I'll just sign my name up and see what happens. And long story short, that's kind of how I got here a little bit. Really? post Yeah, it was was wild. (laughs) I I kind of got involved into it the first couple years, and then um, my second year of college, I kind of came at a crossroads, competition-wise, where I was in a dark place, um, competing. I, I I'd pretty much lost all of my drive to compete anymore, and I was at this crossroads of: Do I want to continue to be miserable and continue to wrestle and fake my way through the college stuff, or? do I want to make a very very difficult decision in my life and cut something out that I do love but at the point in time where I was at it needs to, it needs to be addressed right and uh, so it, it had been weighing on me for quite a quite a little while because I knew you know you, you know you, you know when when things aren't right mm-hmm. for yourself and for mentally physically and uh, I I finally, for whatever reason, woke up one day and I was like, this is the day. I'm just, I'm going to make this decision to, uh, to move forward with an avenue that could bring me back to the sport. Mm -hmm. But as of right now, I need to, I need a break. I need to be done. And, you know, I had been wrestling ever since I was in in kindergarten with aspirations of, you know, just like everybody else would be in the greatest ever. And. Um, most importantly, being a, being the first state champ in, in my my family's uh, history, and so that it, and I was I was the youngest of of uh, all the cousins, and so it was I always put the pressure on myself that mm-hmm. I had to be the one because nobody else had done it right, mm-hmm. and so growing up watching them and and seeing their successes. Um, I was like, all right, well, everybody, everybody's been pretty good, but I'm going to be, I'm going to be the one to do it. Mm -hmm. And then then it never happened. so I think that's part of the reason why, uh, when I got into college, I lost a little bit of that competitiveness because I felt like there was a piece of me competition wise that was, Mm. that was missing. And, uh, so when I got to code, that was, that was, that was difficult for me to to try to let that behind, leave that behind, um, you know, I, don't, I obviously didn't do a very good job at it. Um, but long story short, I, I uh, it was it was it was the worst greatest decision of my life because <laughs> the, the the next few months were very very difficult. Yeah, I all of a sudden had this world open to me that I've never never been around before. I right? I was in. Uh, all of a sudden, I was going into the winter months, and I didn't—I wasn't competing right. for for the first time since I could ever remember. And so it was—it was a weird time. It was a weird time, but I really took more of an interest um, into athletic training and where it could actually take me. And just so happened that. Um, my senior year, I was able to go back and, and be uh, the senior athletic training student for wrestling. And, and at that point in time, as, as a student, you could still travel with the team. So the rules are now, you have to be certified to travel. Mm-hmm. So my whole senior year, I spent back with the same group of guys that mm-hmm. I came to college with um, in, a, in a slightly different role, right? But I was able to gain all this experience on the road with them and see uh, the, the type of impact that my role can have on the road with them all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And I really got to thank uh, Coach Ochsendorp for uh, empowering me uh, to have that type of an impact back on the guys again, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, he, he plays such a special role in where I'm at now just because. He saw me go through some of the darkest days, and 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 still believed in me when I when I got my head back right, right, and got my competitive side back right, and was more myself when I came back that senior year, and uh, he 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 just welcomed me back with with open arms and said, hey, how how can you get how can you help these guys, hmm. and. Uh, it it was cool it was really cool cuz i i was essentially able to get a full year's worth of experience right doing the same job i'm doing right now as as a senior in college how did you end up with the wrestling team was that something you could choose or were you assigned so so yeah you have to you have to get so many different experiences with contact sports non-contact mm-hmm. sports men's women's sports and it so happened that I needed more contact sports because when I was in, when I was in wrestling, it obviously limited the amount of time that I could spend with other sports. So I needed to partially make up some of these hours that I had missed. And then everybody, I think in, in the department could see that that's what I wanted to go back and do. I like, I I had some loose ends that I needed to go Mm -hmm. back and, and, and fill before I graduated. So, um, the, the clinical preceptors that I had at the time were were amazing and and giving me free reign to to go back and do that too. I mean, I had obviously had supervision at the time, but mm-hmm. um, they they really again empowered me just to go and do it, and and that's that was huge. That was huge because when I when I came out here to interview for the graduate assistantship, I knew. I knew I was good to go as soon as I got here for the interview because I knew nobody, no other candidate was going to come in with the amount of experience that I had, mm-hmm. and and so it was easy. It was a it was a slam dunk when I got out here, and then, um, you know, a, a year after a year, and and uh, being here in the graduate assistantship, I you know, I developed enough of a relationship with Coach Manning and Coach Snyder that. They were really big advocates in and getting me hired on full time, and that happened then right that that first summer. And I knew going into my second year that it was not going to be a two year deal; It was going to be a, be a permanent deal. And right. that's when it got fun. That's
1: right fun. on. What so then? What do you do during the off season? Like right now,
0: you know what what are you up to? Yeah. Well, we quickly transition right into freestyle. So so the Monday after. Um nationals we had our first freestyle practice with with our with our red shirt guys the guys that are going to be going competing U-20s and then obviously our club level guys er- Eric Schultz and Christian Lance getting ready to go and compete at the U.S. Open so it just switches right hmm. switches right over in, into that season and we just keep right on rolling as far as um as far as far as the guys that competed it just kind of depends if we have anybody coming off of um, surgeries um, or if they need to have surgeries or need to get other things looked at. Um, we, we go and get that stuff taken care of right now too but knock on wood we've mm. been we've been pretty healthy in the surgery department the last few years so mm. my life's been pretty. <laughs> Pretty relaxed and laid back over the over the last couple off seasons. That's that's good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. That's what you want. Yeah. We don't we, we don't need to be be grinding twenty four 7 12 yeah. months out of the year. But sometimes it's necessary.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you're unfortunately in your profession, if you're busy, it means people
0: yeah. are getting hurt. That means so. yeah, it means uh, people are people have have their dreams crushed in one way, shape, mm-hmm. or form, and and you know. Uh, in their eyes they they have a long way back to to get back to where they were and you know and some guys some guys i'm sure the thought goes through their head that they're not going to be the same mm-hmm. right? and it's my job to to make them believe that they will and and show them that they'll be better yeah it's probably nice that you have also that experience
1: of you know someone having your dream
0: crushed absolutely yeah yeah i mean absolutely that's that's what i think Separates me from my peers. I, I have a lot of a lot of people in in the wrestling athletic training community that I, I deeply look up to. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it, if any of you are out there and want to correct me, but I I, I truly feel like I have more experience within the sport than mm-hmm. anybody else. So I have I have the competition side. I have the the lifelong. Um, training and competing and just being around the sport my entire entire life it's really the only thing that I've ever known so um, having that having that background having all the heartaches right of not not getting done what you want to get done competition wise or dealing with injuries or uh, you know dealing with you have a nemesis that you you just can't quite beat mm-hmm. right because that happens with everybody everybody has somebody in their past that for whatever reason that guy had their number mm-hmm. you know and and that fear can can sit inside your head and fester into other opponents or affect you later in life mm-hmm. down you know in your competition future as well so definitely think that it's uh, it's been very helpful mm-hmm it's helpful and and it's easy it's easy i think for the guys to see Mm -hmm. that i've been there i've been through it um and it it helps speed along the relationship process with them And, and that's to me always the most important thing to to develop and to build right away when guys are healthy and they come in as freshmen to to try to bring that relationship along as quickly and in as naturally as possible um that way when when there is bad times of injury uh it's it's we're already connected right and it's easier to get the buy-in to what needs to be done to get them back to where they need to be is that a double-edged sword kind of you know because you want
1: them to compete but yet you also want to look out for their well-being
0: as far as coming back from injury or yeah, just dealing with injury, both, you know, yeah. like they get injured. Yeah, and you're like, Man, I mean, you know, I, my know guys you will. Are. Yeah, my guys will tell you that I'm I'm pretty competitive <laughs> myself. So yeah, I mean that's that's always the toughest thing that I continue to try to work with is toning down my own competitiveness <laughs> to sometimes uh, need needn't be the voice that needs to protect them from themselves. And, and that all I mean that really all comes from experience too, um, and dealing with the same types of injuries and how how other guys have dealt with it in the past, what they've been able to do, uh, competition wise or practice wise with it. Um, but yeah, I mean it, it can be it can be. Mm-hmm. I mean you 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 want them to win just as bad as they want you they want to win for mm-hmm. themselves so. Um, it, it, you have to push the envelope sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. So who
1: who gives the the initial call? Like, if someone's hurt, are you the one that goes, I yes or no?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, the the most unique thing athletic training wise with wrestling compared to any other sport is any other sport, the game gets stopped mm-hmm. and they give you. For the most part, unlimited amount of time to figure out can the person co- continue or not. Yeah, you leave the field or yeah, the court yeah, or whatever. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. They get and they give you all the time in the world. Mm-hmm. Wrestling, as soon as I step out on the mat, you have a minute and a half. And at the end of the minute and <laughs> a half, you you have to make the determination to uh, to say whether or not the guy can go or not. It's crazy. A minute and a half, ninety yeah. seconds. Ninety seconds. 90 seconds and it, it sometimes can feel like an eternity out right. there but uh but yeah i mean it, that's where my experience also comes back into play being in a lot of those same positions a, a thousand times in my career so mm-hmm. i already can have it nailed down within one or two different things that it could be so walking out on the mat i, I have a good idea what we have going on 9 times out of 10 it's and Seeing where the where the mental side of the athletes at, um, and I and we work on it a lot about trying to trying to control our emotions, trying to stay in you know our little flow state, staying engaged with what's going on. But when you have adversity hit, you know, it's sometimes hard to hard to uh, hold that back. and And if you have a guy that's freaking out in the first minute of the minute and a half. It can be difficult to uh, make a good determination on whether or not they they should continue or not. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of times it's based off of are they mentally able to continue, no matter what the injury is, right? And if they're not, if they're not in the right mental state, then I'm really doing them a disservice by allowing them to continue. Wow! Right? Because it doesn't matter if it's you know. A small tweak of a ligament or a complete tear of the ACL. If 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 your mind is not in it, then you know the the opportunity to create more damage is there, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's always the first thing that I look for. I try to go out there with a very calm voice, um, and 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 try to figure out you know where where their mental mental capacity is at. That'll give me if I can keep them calm. That gives me an opportunity to figure out quick, quickly what the what the joint situation is. Because more times than not, that's what it is. And then, uh, you know, once I feel it, then then it's all about where's your head at. Can mm-hmm. can you can you go back out there and compete, or can't you? Hmm. And, wow. uh, a lot of a lot of that can be nonverbal stuff mm-hmm. I mean it's just getting again going back to the relationship and knowing the guys I can look at them in the eyes and, and know if they're there or if they're not there and that plays a big time role because all along even though they're not supposed to I've got three coaches or <laughs> two coaches over my shoulder mm-hmm. trying to give them direction as far as technique wise what we can do to, to improve our stance in the match and and so that's something that you're you're constantly battling too. Mm-hmm. It's trying to have a, a conversation with the athlete when when they're also trying to give directions. So and then maybe you're in a uh, arena that has you know five six thousand people, or you're at the national tournament where there's up to twenty thousand mm-hmm. people and, and, and whistles and in and cheers going on all around you. So, I mean, it, it can be a crazy environment. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I always try to be the calmest man in the in the <laughs> arena. It's, it's what I work and strive to be anyway. Did yeah. that, that take practice to be calm? Absolutely. World, Absolutely. If you uh, if you go back and, and look at my earlier days, I, I definitely <laughs> celebrated way more in the corner than than what I do now. <laughs> now everybody says, you know, and they make fun of me about you know how quiet I am, and and how um, how much of a zen I I always joke about joke about it being I'm in my zen mode. <laughs> it's very difficult to break me out of my zen mode now, but yeah, it took it took a lot of practice. Um, as I matured, and we got I got a few seasons under my belt, and mm-hmm. saw guys win at the highest level. It wasn't wasn't new anymore, right? The, Anytime you experience something new for the first time, you, you get more emotional about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I quickly realized, I was like, well, what if something really bad happens? And, and my emotions are so high that I can't think quickly enough, right? Or I, I, my emotions are, are so invested into the match that when I go out to, to eval them, I, my mind goes blank. Right. So I was like, well, I, I got to start figuring this out. So, wow. um, I, I started looking into different, uh, breathing techniques and some meditations type stuff. And it's really cued me into my own body and how, how I can take control of all that and kind of snap into a little bit of my Zen mode. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I can, that's, it's, it's, it's worked it's worked. Yeah. Cause you.
1: You almost have to be ready or on at all times. Yeah,
0: you never mean, you, know when you, you gotta be. Happened. You gotta be prepared for right. uh, for the worst, you know. And, and sometimes, if, if if it's a home home uh, competition, like it happened this year. We had uh, one of our fans actually passed out in the stands, like three rows up, right behind me. And it's really? Like, what? do what of what do was I'm that? Getting, It was one of the early ones. I don't know if could have been could have been the first one it could have been North Dakota State really and all of a sudden I get a tap on the shoulder from a fellow fan I call can you help this help this guy out and then the match is going on at the same time mm-hmm. Like, uh, <laughs> what do I do what do I do what do I do but uh, obviously we have uh, EMS personnel mm-hmm. there so I just got their attention on it right away but I mean you get, you never know mm-hmm. I mean you, you, you just gotta be uh, you gotta be on your toes because mm-hmm. more times than not the people around you are going to freak out, right? When, when something bad happens, everybody else's emotion, because they're not used to seeing it or dealing with it, mm-hmm. um, it is going to be heightened. And so somebody's got to be the calm one, right? And if I expect the athlete to be calm, and I go out there and I'm high emotion, how the heck are they going to stay calm, mm-hmm. right? And so... I always try to be even, even if it's just like a blood timeout or the other the other athlete is injured. I always just try to be the calming voice, calm everything back down, get the athlete thinking right because um, there's adjustments that can be made in wrestling, mm-hmm. right? And 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 the person that can make adjustments mid match has a strong advantage over their opponents, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I, uh-huh. I try to do what I can. I try to do what I can. But athletic training is it, more than just uh, taping ankles and <laughs> evaluating and, and rehabs. I mean, if you if you really invest yourself into your sport, you try to find little ways that you can you can help your athletes get over the hump, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's really what I try to do. So what else? What else
1: aside from like you're saying taping ankles and shoving cotton swabs up people's nose, you know, like
0: we've gotten pretty you? good at that <laughs> yeah. too?
1: What are you, what else are you alluding to that that it it much is much more than that?
0: Yeah. Um I I mean for me personally, I think my guys will say that uh, I try to attack the mental side so much. And I try to take what our coaches are preaching. <laughs> On a constant day-to-day basis, and I take that info and just tweak it just a little bit, and, and feed them the same type of information. Um, with, I think what's a little unique with with the way in which I do their rehabs is it's everybody has you know a general set of rehabs that they're going to do for uh, uh, an MCL injury. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do those exercises but then at some point in time before you get back on the mat, I'm gonna try to get inside your head, right? (laughs) And so I have a variety of ways that I do this, (laughs) but I try to take them into their own deep water of their mind. And I I talk about it all the time with the guys of of trying to make yourself comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Because in essence, in in the high anxiety matches, those in which that can still thrive in that environment um, are go- are going to come out on top, and it, you have to be willing to take yourself there. And a lot for a lot of guys, it's it's fear, right? It, it's it's fearful to allow themselves to go into deep water inside their mind or physically conditioning wise to to get to that breaking point because everybody's worried about getting too tired and gassing out, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of it's a mental thing. Can you can you stay mentally together um, throughout the entirety of the match? So during the rehabs, I try to take them to that point, and then they still have to perform um, with whatever the task is. And so going then back to my own own uh, wrestling knowledge, I I know what positions, you know, for instance, MCL. Uh, what that joint is going to be put under in, in certain techniques. Right. So I'll take them in take them into the quote unquote deep water and Mm -hmm. they'll still have to perform. I know that they can do it, but when you get the heightened anxiety up, it makes them question. Right. And that's how you really know where their belief level is at in the, in the injury. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's that's it. when we talked about pushing the envelope a little bit that's mm-hmm. how you can start to push the envelope a little bit if if the injury maybe isn't a hundred percent yet but their belief is there that's the key that's the key mm-hmm. and
1: vice versa you and, know and if, vice versa you know
0: the injury is a hundred percent and they're like yep. exactly <laughs> exactly and, and sometimes sometimes that's yeah, that's what it's going to take too it's there's not much more we can do it's mm-hmm. time to go it's time to go. So we we, we do little things that uh, will will make them uh, test their mind a little bit and and make them believe in themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. and that's
1: that's important. Um, you know, you hear it a lot. I guess you hear a lot in football, you know, like if they tear an ACL or whatever, are they going to come back? Are they going to be the same? Are they going to, yeah. when they take that first hit, you know, and exactly. I think that's kind of yeah. applying it to wrestling, you know, when
0: somebody shoots in and puts yeah. pressure on that like, leg. What, yeah, what's going to be like for the first time, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it, all this, all this stuff that I talk about now is just drawing back from past experiences in my early years of thinking the same type of things can is it possible for somebody to come back from an acl tear in the same year and still have high level success Mm -hmm. because i haven't done it yet right but if you start to put a few success stories together not only the belief in what i'm i'm capable of doing as far as putting together a solid rehab program but knowing then what it takes um to see from my end on the athlete uh, to where their belief level needs to be at. Uh, and that's when you can start putting a lot of different success stories together, and that's when it gets fun. I mean, I, I, the most enjoyable moments for me is, is always at the very end of the year, Big Ten tournament, NCAA tournament, and it's not always the most successful guys at those tournaments. It's, it's the guys that I know have been through a lot in either the past year or throughout their entire career and, and they have finally kind of put the pieces of the puzzle together within their mind either through different injuries or just high anxiety uh, competition anxiety um, and being able to get over that hump and seeing them, seeing them in those moments that's when it's fun mm-hmm. that's what's fun that's what still drives me every day the one that comes to mind immediately, I guess, right away was was Liam Cronin
1: this year. Absolutely, you know. I know he dealt with an injury. Love him. all last year, and
0: and also Brock Hardy. Hardy too. You know, they were they were uh, really. Yeah, they they, they wrestled all they, last year, really. No, they were they were both ironically uh, dealing with the same injury there for uh, for a little bit, and then Liam had other things going on mm-hmm. as well. Um. So yeah, I mean that's what it, that's what it's all about. When 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 guys spend extended amount of time off the mat, and they've never really dealt with it before, the coaches are you know are still focused on when it's in the middle of the season. Are still focused on on the guys that are competing. Mm-hmm. That's when you know that's when I can really make an impression on them because i'm still going to be the guy that's with them every single day but i'm still preaching the same message that's coming from our coaching staff right just coming Mm -hmm. in a a little bit different environment and a little bit different way Um, so i i truly believe that there's so much growth that can be made in uh, in in their wrestling ability and their mental capacity while they're not even on the mat, mm-hmm. and they, I truly do believe that uh, they can become a better wrestler without doing a single single leg or a um, single bar arm or anything. And without any technique, they all know how to wrestle. They, when they come here, they're all they're all high level wrestlers. But a little bit of a little bit of tweak here and there can really go a long way for them mm-hmm. and that's and that's what I tried to that's what I tried to provide Yeah, as well as obviously the, I mean, the basics of just getting them over the injury right all that stuff takes time it's just time and so you can either spend the time doing the monotonous exercises day after day after day or we can also improve uh, your, your overall wrestling abilities without you being on the mat and so damn uh, you know that's what that's what I try to do <laughs> that's what I try to do but but that then it goes uh, go, kind of going back to my story a little bit of how I got here I was also very very fortunate that when I got here kind of like Coach O uh, Coach Manning and Coach Snyder and, and now uh, uh, Travell and Robert Kokish former athlete and even our strength coach John Pfeiffer they we're all so tight as a family just the group of us we all empower each other to have an own our own voice with the guys and we all know that our messaging is is going to be on on the same page um and so it just makes it, it makes everything easy right i i feel empowered to go and do my part of the job just as much as they feel empowered to go and do their part of the job because when, they, uh, there's never like anybody looking over their shoulders, wondering, you know, is, is Coach Manning going to be okay with me saying this to this guy, or mm-hmm. is uh, is going to be all right with you know me talking to the heavyweight about whatever? You know, everybody's on on the same page, and that's what makes it fun. It's a it's mm-hmm. a it's a family family atmosphere of, of a coaching staff, and I think it's really cultivated a family atmosphere for our guys too
1: yeah you can see it and you know when i first got here i I started school here geez i think i'm on two years now you know Mm -hmm. um and uh started this podcast started talking to a couple of the wrestlers and like it was easy to tell that it was like a family environment you go even into practice and march mark manning is just yeah uh he's He's the most welcoming yes yes he's high-fiving and slapping everybody on the back. It didn't matter who it was. Yeah, saying hi to the fans he's that are, a, you know, the people that
0: Yeah, he's got an it. infectious passion. I mean, if you got any ounce of uh, competitiveness in you, he'll, he'll just heighten it for you, right? And so it's it was so easy for me to to come in and like I said, I kind of found my competitiveness again through my senior year of college and then when I got here, it was just came out even more. And and that was, and I was in, in good part thanks to him uh, for, for giving me the space to be myself and trusting me trusting this new kid from 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 Iowa to come in and, and, and really have an impact on his program was pretty amazing and I'm extremely grateful of, uh, for all of our time together we've been we've been through some some wild rides but uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's all it's all thanks to the the culture in which he's built. It's it's been fun. Yeah. It's been fun. Now, we you've talked about your
1: wrestling career, but we let's go back a little bit farther to when you were in high school and yeah. yeah. as like a peewee, you know, did um, how would you do on like the AAU circuit? Cuz you're from Bell Plain and
0: Yeah, I they, mean, had some pretty Yeah, tough yeah so teams. so the, it made me who I am now because back then, I tell you what, looking back at what I've become from a mental standpoint, how how consistent and disciplined I feel like I am now, mm-hmm. if I if I could transfer all that back to my <laughs> former self, I'd be pretty good. Right? Right. And I, I I feel like uh, you know I held my own. I held my own, but I, sure. I never uh, I never came close to accomplishing what I was capable of because I would have you know high anxiety, high high competition anxiety instead of believing in in what got me to the place that I was about to compete at and believing in my capabilities of all the work that I had put in, um, believing in the coaches and my parents who had nothing but support for me. I had no reason to think negatively, but we've all been there, <laughs> right? There, there's something about uh, being the only person out there that self-doubt comes in. And, uh, that was kind of always my, my thing. I, I would, I would get to the point of being something good mm-hmm. and then it, come, it, it knocked back down on me and I could, I, I could always feel it coming on and maybe it would always just get the best of me. So mm-hmm far as far as little guys, I don't know, I was I don't think I ever placed AAUs, but I was I was always like one one match away from placing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was I was at that precipice of, of beating somebody that I shouldn't be, beat, or beating somebody that's beaten me a bunch in the past, and then I'd run into them again, mm-hmm. and I, you know, all the negativity would come in. Um, freestyle was was always kind of a little bit more my thing. Um, just because it was freeing, I did. I right. didn't feel the pressure of having to do something, right? I didn't feel the pressure of, for whatever reason, because you're still wrestling the same guys, <laughs> right? You're still right. wrestling the same. All the same, but, but then again, i I'd, I'd go to Fargo and it'd be the same thing. Be like, oh, now you can make a name for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And then boom, it, it would come back again. So. Um, I ended up I mean I ended up being a four time qualifier in high school placed seventh my my senior year but I mean to me looking back on what my capabilities were it's it took a long time for me to like get over that you mm-hmm. know because it, it, it should have been should have been way better but it is what it is it, it's, it's also uh, it's also turned me into the person that I am today for better or worse mm-hmm. um, and yeah I mean it's still it's still tough to think about sometimes Mm -hmm. Um, just because the amount of hours from from uh, kindergarten all the way through that was was put into me that's what you really look back and you feel bad about Mm -hmm. the amount of hours people put into you and and spent time with you taking you to all these tournaments and and all that and then I mean for them every time I I talk to them now it's it's uh you know, they celebrate and, and, and congratulate me for wh- where I'm able to get myself now. But it's like, dang, I could just go back and, <laughs> and, and really pay pay my dues and, and show you show you uh, how much you meant, you know, back then, which, but it, it is what it is. I, that's partially what still drives me now is knowing that I could have done more then. And so now I try to make sure that doesn't happen anymore i try to turn over every single leaf to make sure that these guys achieve what they're capable of and one of the beautiful things about wrestling is you can you can do absolutely everything right in in your preparation on the mat you can do absolutely everything right off the mat and it still just gives you the opportunity to compete Mm -hmm. right and just because you have the opportunity and you're deserving, and you've done everything right over a six-year career or a four-year career or whatever it may be, doesn't mean you're going to get your hand raised. And, and that's that's the the beautiful imperfection of the sport, right? And and seeing multiple guys uh, hit that pinnacle where they they have that opportunity, I think I've had four guys in the NCAA finals so far in in my 12 years and and countless other guys that have been on the podium, but I've had a bunch of guys that are right there to break onto the podium, or a bunch of guys right there to bring home that first national title since JB, and it hasn't happened. Mm -hmm. But I can say that all four of those guys that were in the finals did everything right, and they were very deserving of the moment and they have nothing to be upset about. And that's that's all you can ever ask, right? Mm-hmm. That's all you can ever ask. And that each each one of them all de- dealt with different injury situations throughout their whole career. So they could have thrown in the towel a long time ago, mm-hmm. right, and, and the fact that they stuck with it and they were still uh, able to get over multiple other humps along the way, and they still had their moment on the big stages is, is still very gratifying mm-hmm. and just as gratifying for, for all the guys that finally got their opportunity at the national tournament or finally got their opportunity to get on the podium. Right. Um, those are the, those are the special moments mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah.
1: Sorry. Excuse me. Uh, I was thinking of last year for me, it was Christian Lance and Eric Schultz when they finally, yeah, absolutely.
0: absolutely. Both of those guys. It was I mean, just, uh, Yeah. It, you you couldn't. Uh, you, I was telling Lance this the other day in the, in the sauna. You, I'm like, dude, you you are the cookie cutter of the type of of wrestling athlete that everybody wants. You, you do everything <laughs> right, and you're so deserving mm-hmm. of of what you got. And. Not many guys are like that, right? Mm-hmm. Many guys have mm-hmm. to figure that out along the way. Not saying that he didn't have to figure that out, but when he came here, he—I mean, it's—he—he was—he he was who he is, and uh, it, it's cool. It's cool to have a huge moment like that for him, and likewise for Schultz, it's like just almost there, mm-hmm. almost there, mm-hmm. almost there, and, and you know, going back to somebody doing it everything right time and time and time again and being deserving of more and i'm sure he still thinks that he should have done more mm-hmm. but he's got no he's he got no reason to have any regrets because he, he did absolutely everything that he possibly could have and he had the opportunity and that's the battle it's getting to that opportunity in my mind and you know sometimes it doesn't work out Sometimes it doesn't work out, and it sucks when it doesn't. But when you know that you put in the work, you, you lived your life right uh, off the mat, and you invested into yourself throughout your career to try to make things better, whether it's mental preparation or getting in better shape or learning a new technique. I mean, he was willing to do it all. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to see him absolutely max, maximize himself was fun.
1: Hmm. All right. There's so, your shout out
0: Schultz. Yeah. <laughs> all
1: right. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take what you just said and now I'm going to throw it back at you and say all of what you just said. Can't you say the same about your wrestling career?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I just don't like talking about my own stuff. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the same. That and that's how I've gotten over it now. Um, it is when I when I go back and I think about you know when I still have those because right, I still do weirdly enough have the dreams of competition yep. right it's so Same. weird it's Same. so weird mm-hmm. um when I wake up I just tell myself hey it, it, that stuff happened but looking back on it now I mean I, I gave myself the opportunities I went through it I learned all the all the great lessons that this sport has to teach you. And it, if if I didn't do it, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And it, and so, I try to I, I try to be more thankful and more grateful about it now than than maybe what I used to, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I like to keep my focus more on <laughs> on the guys now than than. Uh, drudging up old memories of my competition days <laughs> yeah. more times than not when they bring it up i just try to sk- quickly skip over it and talk bring the tension back onto them
1: mm-hmm. well
0: well i
1: uh, i don't know if you can do that now
0: no i know i kind yeah, of so. i kind of just <laughs> i kind of just spilled some of my secrets there and that that could come back to haunt me for sure
1: I guess the one thing I do want to ask, you know, I know I know it's, it, it can be painful, and I've had some people on here that have had some pretty emotional times talking about. Yeah, know, yeah. Um, you know, you you were a three time qualifier, and so you make it your senior year. All right? yeah, yeah, And you lose that first match, first round at state.
0: No, I, I get mean, headlocked by a dude that, <laughs> Creed Harkless, he's, yeah, he's a good dude. Applington. He's, yeah, he's a really good dude. I hadn't lost to him, in, I don't know how long. And he was—he was always known for, for having a pretty good headlock. But I was like, uh, it's never—he's never—he's never hit me in it ever. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, he did.
1: And so and now you're a fort, and now you're on the backside, and its i, I yeah. can only imagine that you're,
0: you're. I was crushed. I was absolutely crushed. Only, I, yeah. I mean, at that point, obviously, at that point in time, I was just like, ah, this is—this is it. I'm done. I, this is stupid. <laughs> all the—all the negative thoughts, but. I will give myself credit for this. He hit me in the headlock in about 30 seconds into the match, and he didn't pin me. Um, I also didn't come back, but I, I will give myself credit that, that I did fight, fight for my life there. That's tough. It's tough to do. When, when you know in that moment, probably not coming back, all the thoughts of, of getting it done your senior year are flashing through your head in, in that moment. While you're fighting off your back, right? Um, yeah, it was, it was tough. It w- it was tough, and all props to him, he he got me, he got me. But and then after that, it was it was nail biters. It was nail biters. It was a one zero match where I rubbed the dude out third period, and. At the time, I was like, hey, this, kid, "This kid was not that good." But then, I actually, wrestled him. It was my very last match of my high school career. I, I was at state I Wrestled him again. Um, I think we were going for fifth place or third place, something like that, as a team. And this time, I had to get out <laughs> to win. I ended up beating him again by a point. But um, and then my match to place was overtime match, again to kid that never lost to you but it was it was tight i had had majored him at districts so Mm -hmm. it's not not good (laughs) not good but i mean it just kind of goes back to show how how uh how anxiety can ruin you um from from a competition standpoint if you You allow it to creep in and overtake you. uh, When that whistle blows, you freeze up, man. And I've been there so many times where where you shake hands and you almost need that first club to your head to actually even then realize what the heck is going on, like because you're just so clammed up, so tight. Um, But then once that happens, then it's hard to ever make any adjustments in a match. You just so many times I would feel like I'm just almost in my sleep in wrestling it's all muscle memory right Mm -hmm. instead of actually thinking about what is going to happen next or thinking about what move could potentially work it was a lot of it was just all muscle memory and from the years of doing drill after drill after drill after drill yeah and then sometimes it would work out sometimes it wouldn't most of the times in bigger matches it wouldn't (laughs) it's uh, that's just kind of how it all how it all played out for me but at that point in time I just I didn't know any better I thought that's what it was Mm -hmm. but and and it was really freeing for me I think uh, when I got here and I started seeing guys that growing up I would idolize as you know multiple time state champs or dudes that never lost in high school um, guys that were on the team and were turning all Americans I mean we had had the goat in our room at that point in time, and but then seeing them have the same types of thoughts, right? It's same for everybody. So I was like, wow, I had like a little revelation. I was like, <laughs> well, everybody has it. So how how can I use my experience in my past to get through to them so they don't have the same type of experiences? And so then I just started building in that into. To my rehabs and any interactions that I would have with them, and kind of the rest is a little bit history there. But you know, seeing seeing a guy like Jordan Burroughs deal with it, James Green deal with it, and, and, they, and they deal with it in different ways, right? right. But it's there. Mm-hmm. It's there, and it's a it's a very strong reality that they have to go out and conquer too. Just so happens that their abilities are like <laughs> infinitely better than mine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's always somebody out there there's always somebody out there that's going to bring out your your deepest and darkest fears mm-hmm. and and can you can you get your mind to a state to where you can still function and still be at your best because if you can do that and you still lose you lost right but it's it's the worst when the mind gets the best of you and you don't perform the to what your capabilities are and you lose that way that's when it's crushing right Mm -hmm. and so i've made that my mission to try to prevent as much as possible because because i know i know exactly what it feels like and i know you know 15 years after the fact what what it still feels like you know Yeah. how
1: so when you you know you close out that match to you know the blood round match to get on the podium i mean how what did what was that like? What was that moment like? Just relieving. Yeah,
0: I wasn't really happy. Really? Oh, no. it was sad. It was uh, my my yeah, yeah. It was sad. It was sad. Looking back on it, it was really sad. Uh, because I, I win or lose, it was super super embarrassing to say now. But win or lose, I cried after every single one of my matches my senior my senior year at the at the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I mean, obviously the first one self explanatory then everyone after that i'm just like i i didn't i didn't accomplish what i came here to accomplish and yeah i won but yeah, you know i i just got over the next opponent and yeah i got on the podium but i, I mean that's it's great but it's seventh place um, and and that that type of mindset is what actually cost me from from uh, climbing the podium higher I actually after I won my blood round match I was up by, uh, by two points with uh, like 20 seconds left 30 seconds left and I was always somebody that never got called for stalling ever <laughs> mm-hmm. and this is the only time in my entire wrestling career that I actually got called f- for stalling and gave up a point um, I just got called and we were on our feet and I was like, this dude's never going to take me down. So I was just, was just cruising. Right. Mm-hmm. But I've never had that, have never had that mindset. But in that year at that point in time, I you know, I wasn't fully bought into what was going on I was just trying to get over the hump of another little match and just move on. Right. And, uh, I got taken down with two seconds left at the same time. I got called for stalling. Ooh, so I lost by one point. Yeah, so I got taken down, tied it up, but as a kid shot, got called for stalling, gave up the point, lost by one point. So I was like, well, figures, right? That's like, I mean, at that point in time, that's kind of what I was, oh, here we go. I mean, just thinking all thinking all negatively, but I was like, yeah, that's just what was bound to happen. hmm Um, so. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, was, uh, it, it was a sad tournament and partially a sad career, but a lot to be thankful for, though, too. I had, I had a lot of good memories, too. Yeah, Just uh, taking a long time to, to get over some of it, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, like you just kind of talk about and you look back at um, all that was going on and you still managed to To win and still managed to come away with seventh place. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean,
0: I still won 149 matches in in high school. Right. Not like (laughs) it was, not like I was terrible, but just uh, I just never never won the big ones, Mm -hmm. and I never never did what I was capable of. But it's all good. It's all good. I've the successes that I've seen, um, and the athletes that I've I've been blessed to. To be with and, and, and grow relationships with completely outweigh anything that I ever did i I never thought that I would be in the in the realm of where I'm at right now I never I mean I, I knew that I wanted to be involved in wrestling but to get inside a, a major division one program right out of the gates just so it happens at the same time they're entering into the big 10 which is really the only thing I knew out of college wrestling was big 10 I Iowa wrestling right right but to get in at the exact same moment the same year that I came as when we moved in and then and, you know I mean to be, then come to a place to where you know the GOAT's at and, and to see from the time that he graduated college till really now I've I've uh, I've been there with him <laughs> in the room it's been it's been amazing it's been amazing and I could have never never have guessed never right. guessed, but then you know and then have my first uh, crop of guys was was Robert Kokish and, and James Green who are all-time Oscar greats, and mm-hmm. I'm such close friends uh, with both of them but uh, with 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 James I mean he's 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 really just a, a brother of mine now. Mm-hmm. I mean the, the amount of stuff that he that he dealt with in his in his career and then in his international career, it's incredible what he's still able to go out and do. And, you know, I saw a little bit of myself in him because he, he's always been that guy that is really good but never probably got the credit it he deserves because he never had that one, one big moment where you know, he can throw his hands up in the air, and then everybody flowers him, right? Because mm-hmm. um, he, he he's always been right there, right there. He's five five straight world uh, world teams, uh, four time All American. It's a, it's insane, but I know in his eyes, he wanted just that. He wants that one. Mm-hmm. Wants that mm-hmm. one. To Be on top. That's that one time. You know, um, but sometimes like i said it's, it's just the way things work out and it, it makes you makes you a better person makes you more of a humble person and, and the amount of knowledge that he can he can go and spew out uh, in his role now is is invaluable to any any uh, high school wrestler that chooses to go out there and train at the OTC for a year after high school i mean what a better guy what a better guy to to go out and learn from mm mm-hmm. mhm and you
1: know when you were just talking about James Green you know the amount of stuff he dealt with um, people probably have no idea they have no idea and but you do
0: yeah
1: and like i'm not no obviously i'm not going to ask you to like but right. what i'm saying is you have to earn that trust and keep yeah. it and yeah. and that's something that i think is also got to applaud you for is being able to yeah man it, that's... The,
0: the book the book that I could write already is it would be quite lengthy mm-hmm. but yeah to, to know to know what each one of these dudes have, have been through I mean and sometimes it, it can it can be a year you know a full calendar year but that full calendar year can seem like their entire career of of what they what they're going through, and and sometimes it can be, uh, you know, family issues. It can be girlfriend issues. It can be physically. I mean, it can be a physical injury issue. Um, it can be a mental health issue. I mean, and sometimes, more times than not, it's a combination of of all of those throughout their whole career that it's turned them into who they are now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but yeah, it's, it's cool to have uh, a firsthand knowledge and be there with them side by side uh, when, when, they have, when they have their moments. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Who Some people might say that getting it out in the open or, or like talking about it would get more people in their corner or would make people understand. Why, in your mind, is the wrestling community so tight-lipped about about situations you know
0: uh, Um, other sports you you kind of know what's going on but wrestling you never yeah because it's a no excuse sport it's a no excuse sport it's everybody's dealing with it right And, and we tell our guys that all the time you don't you don't know what your opponent's going through on the surface, it may look like they're sweet, right? They're mm-hmm. the number one guy in the country and, you know, they've never lost and all this and that. But you don't know what they're dealing with today. You know, you don't know if 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 they got family issues that could be affecting them on that day. You don't know what kind of injury issues they've been dealing with. Um, so we we say that, too, all the time. Um, and at the end of the day, it's, it's a no-excuse sport. Everybody's dealing with something. And so we don't make excuses about it. We just go out there and compete at whatever our best is. And more times than not, it's not 100%. Nobody's 100%. And and you go home and you go home and, and you you hope that uh, you accomplish what you set out to accomplish. But if you didn't, nobody's going to make an excuse for And And when I always say to you, nobody feels sorry for you. I mean, we do, right? <laughs> right. But... On the same token, in reality, in the heat of competition and the heat of battle, nobody feels sorry for you. You know, you're out there by yourself. Nobody, nobody can come out and grab you and, and pull you out of an adverse situation when you are about to get your dreams crushed and pull you away from that situation and, and delete it from your memory. The reality is, is that could happen. That could happen. And, and it could be very crushing and everybody's felt it so nobody really feels sorry for you you know mm-hmm. everybody's dealt with it and and that's what that's that's the beauty of the sport i, I, I like to I like to say that wrestling is is a beautiful and perfect sport <laughs> because everybody everybody i think of them as this nice puzzle piece at the very beginning right and throughout the season throughout their career there's there's going to be times where that puzzle piece gets chewed up by the dog, right? <laughs> and, and by the end of your career or by the end of the season, that puzzle piece does not fit anymore. Mm-hmm. But there's things that can be done throughout the season, throughout their career that can make it fit. And it's the imperfection of that puzzle that that's, that's so sweet and beautiful to look at at the end of the year or at the end of their career. Mm-hmm. That's, kind of how I try to uh, approach it approach it yeah yeah it's a good way to look at it because yeah. you know sometimes yeah
1: like you're saying you know at the beginning of the puzzle of the painting you have an, you have a vision yep. of what it's going to look like
0: right. right and it's never going to turn out that way right. it's never re- re- wrestling's never going to be you're going to be sweet from the time you put, them on, put the shoes on until the time you call it a career. You're never going to have any adversity. <laughs> Not going to happen. <laughs> Not going to happen.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I do want to ask, you know, you said earlier a little bit that uh, you had some really great times in wrestling. Yeah. You know, what are some of those times that you look back on fondly?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, competition-wise, uh, just being a part of a, a, a strong high school program, um, and we I mean we had plenty of success. We placed multiple times as state dual team, um, placed multiple times in, in traditional state as well. And, and seeing some of my my buddies that I had grown up with, you know, since the time we started in in, in kindergarten, seeing them having the success that they that they had. Uh, was always fun. Um, for me, it was by uh, being the first, uh, the four, first four-time conference champ. Was it was a was a big thing for me. Really, you were the first yeah. four. Really, I was the first. As far as I know, they. Wow. If, if I'm wrong. <laughs> let me know, but um, yeah, I was the first. Look at that. I was the first, and I'd never lost any any of my conference uh, matches not saying that our conference was tough but I didn't Still. or a four year career um, so yeah and I was four time sectional champ too never never was really too much in danger of not ever qualifying for state so I mean I I had, I had like I said I won 149 matches so I won a, a lot a, I won a lot I won my fair share and there was a lot of good Home dual meet uh, victories. that I, I look back on and I still remember. It was fine. We always would have a really good crowd. and We had the spotlight in the middle of the nice. middle of the mat, mm-hmm. and the lights were off. So it was a c- really cool environment to compete in. And and knowing that you got to compete for a, a school that had a strong t- tradition was was really cool for me growing up. My, my uncle, Bob, Eulick was, was our high school coach. And, and for me growing up, which is going to make sense as to why I turned into athletic trainer, I think, but I, I would go to all the high school tournaments. And since he was my uncle, he, he let me in behind the scenes of how everything operated. Sometimes, you know, as I got older, I, I would travel with them to tournaments. Um, but I was, always, I was always the kid sitting behind the two coaches in the chair right over their shoulder, watching on. And so my, my, a lot of my childhood was in the same exact position that I am right now, being right, right behind the two coaches, right in on, in on the action. And I learned a lot, a lot about the sport just by hearing all those interactions, hearing, hearing what coaches do and say in the corner. Um, and that, those are some of the fun memories I, <laughs> I, I look back on, and it brings a smile to my face all the time.
1: Yeah. Um, do you ever think
0: about coaching? If I wasn't doing this, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always, you know, I I thought my first year here, I was like, well, if this doesn't work out, I'll go back home, go back to a Division three school and and be an athletic trainer there and then potentially get into high school coaching obviously it'd be sweet to go back mm-hmm. and, and be part of the coaching staff back at Belt Plain but where I'm at now so <laughs> it's, I, I, I don't I, I, haven't, I tell my wife all the time that I still don't feel like I've worked a day in day in my life because I, I, I don't I have such a strong passion for what I'm doing I, I don't feel like this is work yet and so and as long as it doesn't feel like work I'm going to continue to keep doing what i'm doing yeah
1: <laughs> how do you at times you know before i let you go you know you have some of these devastating injuries how do you get over when you have an athlete that you like you you said you care for your are they are basically family yeah you know
0: how do you handle that um well, personally my, my my wife is amazing <laughs> um and and a lot a lot of it is she allows me to be me and she knows that if i've got something bothering me i just need time and i need space and she's really good at not not pressuring pressuring me into talking about whatever the situation is and she my i mean me personally i i just know from the successes that we've had in the past that there's no injury Out there to this point, that I don't think I can get the guys back to. I've had I've had enough success with it in sometimes in very short time frames, with you know with with JB's ankle injury back in 2013, and then again 2021. um, Time can be up against the wall, and, and you may not be able to get them back to 100% but it's instilling that belief into them, So I'm always confident. I'm always confident about uh, what we can do with injury. At, at the point in time that it happens, it always sucks, right? Because you have to be the shoulder for the athlete, for the athlete's parents, mm-hmm. a lot of times for the coaches, and you got to be the one to say that's it's going to be okay. When sometimes really bad things happen you're thinking inside your head like dang this is gonna be a while like this this is gonna this is this is gonna take some work but I know I know that we can do it I know that we can do it as long as as long as the athlete has the same amount of drive and belief that I do we'll be all right we'll be all right and that's all it takes that's all it takes because the the other stuff is like I said it's a monotonous work it's the daily grind of doing same type of exercises over and over and over and over again (laughs) but if you if you if you lose the belief that you're gonna get better that's when it gets tricky yeah
1: did you hear did you hear Mikey Labriola give you a shout out after a semifinal
0: I did I did Uh, actually the first way that I heard about it was I saw James's tweet and that's what cued me into the video um, and those are the moments that I talk about uh, of seeing an athlete get their moment that they've been needing, right? The de- defining moment in their career. And for me, it's—I mean, it's—it's it's cool for him to to think of me at that point in time. But for me, it's just so gratifying to see him uh, be able to put out that emotion and and to see where he started from and how he got there even just even in the course of this last year some of the changes that he made it's cool it's cool and that's what i mean that's what it's all about that's what it's all about but yeah it's it's cool when you get a shout out because (laughs) uh uh i mean athletic trainers it's a thankless job a lot of times because we are the person that is behind the scenes that has to keep it behind the scenes <laughs> right and 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 we can't tell everybody what is really going on right because there's there's confidentiality that you got to keep there and and uh, a lot of times that forces forces the athletic trainer to deal with things on their own and if they don't have good support system at home that can be very very difficult. so again I have to tell, tell Megan, she's a rock star, mm-hmm. um, for, uh, for just allowing me to deal with things and process things the way in which I need to. And sometimes that means I, um, I'm, I'm not emotionally available for her or emotionally available for our family at that particular time. And that's something that I'm always trying to work with. Hopefully I'm getting better at. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's, 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 that's things that you deal with. And, you know, you're, you're always the, the middleman of talking with the athlete on a day-to-day basis and then the coach is talking to the athlete, but then the coach is talking to you about it, how the athlete is and this and that. So you're, you're always the person that uh, everybody wants to go to and get information from when somebody's hurt, right? And it, it's, it becomes difficult sometimes because everybody has expectations for where they they think they should be or you know why aren't they this far yet or are you sure they're good enough to do this now um type of a type of a deal so what I've come up with and we joke about all the time is I try to under promise over deliver on a constant basis so I always try to make the situation seem like it's a little bit worse than what it is that way when they come back it's like boom look how good they are Look how good you are. Yeah, like,
1: yeah. What well, I just yeah, did. What yeah, yeah, right.
0: <laughs> um,
1: yeah, that's kind of also... Maybe you in a little bit of a pressure cooker with the coaching staff, but it sounds like, you know, yeah. I could see how
0: that could be pressure. That, that's from t- Yeah, I mean, but that's you, typically the... When, when athletic trainers get to that, quote-unquote, burnt-out stage, it's because they didn't take the time because i put it on i put it on us it's not the coach's responsibility they didn't take the time to develop a good enough relationship with their coaching staff Mm -hmm. and when you don't do that then yeah it's it's annoying as crap to have a coach say well you know why isn't this person back now why isn't this person back now what basically questioning you on on your own capabilities and what your job is like they all of a sudden, think they know how to rehab somebody better than what you do, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's when it it can get very, very annoying. But I don't have that problem. I, I see I see others struggle with that and struggle with that, um, and, and sometimes it forces them out of the profession, and it's tough. But it's like any it's like any other job. If you if you develop a strong relationship with those that are around you, and and you get that empowerment from everybody to, to be who you are in the trust, in the relationship. Everything's good. Everything's good. I mean it takes a lot of a lot of time, a lot of communication, yes, to foster and a lot of success stories to get them to buy in <laughs> and, and and believe in what you're capable of. Um but once that happens it's it's fun. It's fun. We're all in it together and we all experience the same highs and the same lows and at the end of the day we all know that we have each other's back because we're we're doing everything to the best of our capabilities to to free our guys up enough to go out and and perform and at the end of the day after that that's all you can ever ask Mm -hmm. you know it'd be sweet to say well yeah you, you should be a national champ or you you should be a world champ you should be an Olympic champ but it's really hard to do <laughs> I mean it's, it's yeah. to win one wrestling match is super difficult to do um, and then to j- continue to do it at higher or higher levels it's very difficult and it's it's rewarding and it should be rewarding after every single win and that's one thing that we try to try to do as a program and as a staff is to be very grateful for every win even if it's on paper, it should, should turn out to be a blowout. You never know. You never know. You, you still got to go out there and wrestle. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and so it, it's, it's important to remind yourself throughout the year that, yeah, I just beat this guy from a uh, division two school and I, you know, I, I, made out there and make quick work of it but you, you should still be grateful for that because mm-hmm. that guy is trying to beat you right <laughs> yeah. Every, everybody that steps out in some capacity is trying to beat you and, and and in this sport there's nobody else out there to save you right like I talked about earlier there's it's just you it's just you and if you if if you take that for granted bad things can happen bad things can happen that's I've experienced enough of those that it sucks. Mm-hmm. It sucks, but it's all good though too. Yeah, <laughs> it's all good. Wow, but it's just—it's been fun. It's been fun. I never, n- never would uh, have thought that I could—I could be a part of, you know, the, the events I've been with. With Uth- USA Wrestling, now I've covered multiple U.S. Opens, multiple World Team Trials, um, a couple different. Uh, world championships so I, I've I've seen the highest of high the only thing I haven't seen is the Olympics but really it's the same thing as the world championships yeah. just optic wise a <laughs> different level but I've, I've seen I've, I've been fortunate enough to be around enough uh, highly successful guys to see what it takes and I try to in any way, shape, or form, instill that into into our guys. And when I get that opportunity, I and mean, I unfortunately get the odd opportunity when when they're typically at their at their lowest point, but just tearing them down and, and building things right back up.
1: Wow. Hmm. Just sit with that for a second, like that. yeah, yeah. Like you said, you do all the behind the scenes work, and it, it's a thankless job, but the the reward is you seeing them reach the pinnacle or reach yeah. their potential.
0: Exactly. And it, I mean and then to remind yourself that as much as you wanna take a ounce of, of credit for this or that to to teach yourself to be to be grateful for being in the moment to mm-hmm. be to be with them, to to see to see them to achieve uh what they have that's when it's really fun like you can sit back and say well you know i did this this and this to get them back and that's all fun but the the true joy of competition is is sitting back and being grateful and seeing them do it right and seeing 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 what they put themselves through Cause sometimes, uh, as as some of my guys will tell you, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little probably a little torturous on them, <laughs> and but I, it's because I believe in them, and I know I know they're capable of it. I'm just trying to show them what their what their mind and body is capable of, and, and sometimes like it gets you know. And, and, I've broken, i broken one or two guys in the past for sure. Yeah, some guys at the highest of level levels, and, and it's fun though. It's fun. It's fun when they when that light bulb goes on and they they see it, they see it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, sweet.
0: I appreciate this. Yeah. yeah thanks for having me, man. Of course. Thanks, of course. thanks for having me. Yeah. Anytime. Uh, anytime I get to spread a little bit of light on wrestling and (laughs) athletic training it's it's fun it's not enough of it's going on uh to this point but Mm -hmm. uh it's a great time to do it on on uh, athletic training month so thank you to all the other fellow athletic trainers out there especially in wrestling very difficult task that, that that uh you all take uh take on in, in your lives and, and spend countless, countless hours and I just want to say thank you because you probably don't get to hear it enough. Same. Same. Thank
1: you and thank you, you know, to yourself yep. and, yeah, all the athletic trainers out there and, like you said, especially in wrestling, it's, yep. like you said, it's 90 seconds. 90 seconds. All you
0: get. 90 seconds and then, are they good to go? <laughs> and you're like, uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Uh, no, no, hopefully, hopefully, uh, hopefully they're ready to roll. Yeah. And we'll keep, we'll keep trucking along. And, and, and these guys, the sky's the limit for the guys in our program right now. I truly believe that. And I'll keep coming up with more t- twisted ways to, <laughs> to torture their minds, and we'll keep getting, we'll keep getting better. Hey,
1: thanks again for listening to this episode of the let's talk wrestling podcast special thanks to my guest tyler rita for taking the time to sit down and chat with me cover art created and designed by kristen gill please feel free to rate comment and subscribe to this podcast you can also check me out on twitter instagram snapchat and my brand new facebook page to hear more of my content and also, don't forget to check out my website at letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Take care, and we'll see you next time.